Welcome to the HBK High Performance Podcast with Michael B. Ross, a podcast designed to help leaders develop the character, skills, and passion needed to lead fulfilled and impactful lives. Here's Michael. Well, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. This is Michael B. Ross, and I'd like to welcome you to the HBK High Performance Podcast. I hope the sun is shining and the birds are chirping in your life, but I hope all your dreams are coming true. Before we get started today in this interview with Amy Dallin, I would like to invite you, if you hear one good thought, phrase, idea, or quote today, I would like to ask you to put that thought, phrase, idea, or quote into absolute immediate action. I've got this sign in my office here that it says, without execution, ideas are worthless. It is the application of our education that makes the biggest difference in our world. And I don't want any of you to look back on your life with regret. The research shows that 85% look back on their life with significant regret. And the number one regret of the dying is I did not live a life true to who I knew I should be. I instead lived my life based upon the expectations of others. So please do yourself a favor and do us the pleasure of taking ideas that you hear today and putting them into action so they make a a significant impact and transformation in your life. So with that said, the first thing I'd like to mention to all of you, some of you watching, is we're on Zoom today. For you on the podcast, that's why the audio quality isn't going to be like it would be in the studio, but this is too important not to share. So today, I'd like to welcome in Amy Dallin who is a partner at HBK. She's got a remarkable story. Uh, She's been all over the country, um, has a significant amount of experience that she's going to share with us today. And I'm very excited to have her on here with her busy schedule. She was able to take an hour out of her day to to share her wisdom with us on the HBK High Performance Podcast. So, Amy, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Michael. This is great. I'm so happy that I could be here. Wow, awesome. Well, let, if you don't mind, let's let's jump right in to the questions. Absolutely. So this podcast is about culture and leadership mainly, and you're a leader. You've been a leader for a long time, and I'd like you to just talk about your leadership style and, and how you've kind of figured out your own leadership style. Sure. So, you know, when I first started becoming a leader, it was a, a bit of a, a learning, learning curve there. You know, you never know how you're going to be interacting with different people. And what I quickly found out is how you're a leader it really depends on who it is that you're leading. Um, some people require a little bit more hand-holding. Other people, they're very hands-off. They just come to you if they have an issue, if they want to talk something through. Uh, So I try and lead to the person. I try and pay attention to what the person actually needs from me. And I try and focus on that person's individual strengths. So a lot of times if I'm working with somebody that's younger that hasn't yet really figured out what exactly they're trying to do with their career, I try and identify what it is that they're good at, what it is that they're not good at, help them with some of the things that they're not good at, but then also try and find ways that I can focus on their strengths and use that to help them build themselves up and, and improve and uh, basically move through the through the company and move up there. So it's, uh, it's definitely very individualized and trying to look at the specific person as to what exactly they need from me in order to lead. 
Can you recall your first leadership position and what it was like when you stepped into that knowing, well, now I've got people answering to me. Could you tell us a little bit about that story? Sure. So, you know, really when I, you, you get into leadership, really the moment that you start being higher up than somebody else and they start looking for you to help them and to guide them and to mentor them, to coach them to whatever it might be. And so the minute I started moving up in my career and I started having people underneath me that I had to start guiding, that's really the first moment that I really started experiencing leadership and, and what that means. And I think it's really difficult because at first you have this whole idea of you have to be the manager, you have to manage them. And what does that mean? You have to uh, make sure that they're doing everything that they're supposed to be doing. And, but you don't want to be looking over their shoulder too much. But leading is completely different from managing. Leading is more empowering the person to, to do what they need to do in the way that they do it, as opposed to trying to nitpick over every little thing and tell them exactly what they need to do. And so that was certainly an adjustment in the beginning in trying to figure out how was I going to work with these people and get the best work out of them, as opposed to they have to do it all my way and they have to... Uh, specifically, you know, do everything that I tell them to do. So it was it was a little bumpy at first. And I think that, you know, I'm always looking for ways to improve. I don't think that I have all of the answers now. Uh, and it changes. <laughs> There's always something new that changes how I'm doing things and how I view things. And I try and read up on things and I try and talk with people and every person that I'm working with, they teach me something new. I love the delineation you made. Uh, you said manage or lead. Management is very important. And, you know, you made the delineation. And, and I, li I like to say this, like, you manage systems, you lead people, but people run the systems that run your business. You know, so there's this fine balance. And you said another word that I, I hope everybody picked up on, which was you talked about empowerment and you talked about, you know, you've got to trust people and you've got to put people in positions to be able to do their job well, and you can't control people. Do you think, Amy, there's, uh, there's a lot of control in, in, from people in leadership positions? Have you experienced anything like that? And, you know, what, what do you think that does to people? You know, I've seen some people that are in leadership positions that uh, probably shouldn't be there because they can't let go. They can't uh, understand that the people below them don't have to do things exactly like they want it to be done. They tend to harp on the little things they nitpick. They, it can be really toxic, I think, to an environment and to having people below you uh, move up and ha have a great career that they can be proud of. You know, if they have constantly have somebody looking over them and upset that they're doing things a different way, even though it might not necessarily be a wrong way, but if it's different from the way that the person in charge of them wants them to do it, I think that's a problem. Uh, and so I've seen the interaction there and, and certainly in the past, you know, been exposed to people that are like that as well, that are above me. And thankfully, I don't experience that right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, in the past, it has, it has created problems. And um, I kind of take that as a lesson of what not to do. Don't act like 
this person was acting towards me or don't act how this person was acting towards somebody else that I, I looked at that and I saw the negativity there and, and how that impacted the other person. Isn't it funny how we can learn sometimes what not to do? And that's sometimes a, a more visceral lesson than what to do. You know, somebody walks or this is exactly what you should do. And then somebody shows you what not to do. And you go, I will never forget that lesson, you know? So yes, um, absolutely. But that, but that says a lot about you. You know, it's, you know, one thing that is so important as leaders is we're always teachable, you know, and, and that says a lot about you that you're willing to be teachable no matter what the leader is doing above you, you're going to learn something. So with that said, Amy, what's it like, you know, HBK is a larger firm. It's not the largest, but we're a top 50 firm. What's it like to be a partner in a larger firm? You know, you have 72 partners and, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of moving parts all at once. And what's it like, you know, describe to people, most people will never be partners in a firm, but people right. are interested in that. So kind of describe what, what it's like for you. Sure. So there's a lot of give and take. Uh, you're never going to get everything to go your way. You're never going to, uh, have your uh, the way that you want things done to be the way that it's done because it's about the entire organization. It's not just about you. And so you have to consider what's best for the firm as a whole. So there's, there's a lot of that give and take, and we certainly see that in discussions that we have about how the firm gets run and, and how we deal with certain situations. But at the end of the day, it's all about communication. It's all about respect for everybody, uh, understanding that everybody is coming at things from a different perspective. They have different life experiences, and that leads into how they view things, and making sure that you respect everybody as an individual and what they have to say. Uh, I think that it's it's truly important to keep that communication going and uh, promote dialogue amongst our partners so that everybody feels empowered that they can speak up and give their opinion. But then knowing that once a decision is made and once everybody's decided that this is the route that we're going to go with something, everybody supports that. Everybody is behind that because they were given the opportunity to give their opinion, to voice that opinion. Uh, and now we're moving forward. Now we've made our decision and we're going with it. And even if it's the wrong decision, you know, you have to be willing to say, okay, we made a mistake here. We're going to take a step back. We're going to do something else. We can't be scared to fail. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of being part of a large organization is understanding that, understanding that it's all going to be about what's best for the entire organization. That's so important. I love this idea in society that everyone should live their passion and everyone should go after their convictions and run as hard as they can towards their goals and dreams. But, you know, you think if, if you partner with other people and you learn how you learn diplomacy, for example, how much further everybody can go if they give a little sacrifice, you know, to mm -hmm. the, to the, what's best for the whole. So that can be very challenging. What do you think the most challenging part of diplomacy is? I would say when you feel really strongly about something and you've spoken up and nobody else seems to have that same view, then being able to bite down and say, okay, you know what, maybe I'm wrong in this. Maybe, maybe I just need to sit and see how this goes. And, you know, if it comes up again, voice my opinion again. But again, it's all about what's best for the organization and supporting our fellow partners. So uh, 
even if my opinion is not the one that's that we go with i need to be able to be okay with that uh, and that's very challenging because i think people inherently want to be right about things and i know i certainly like to be right about things and you inherently want to do what you want to do uh, and so to be able to step back and say okay fine we're going to do it a different way uh, that's that's really important that's really challenging yeah it's funny you know when when younger people talk about wanting to be partners you know I, i'm i'm like constantly trying to encourage them to to get more humility in their life you know and it's it's not humility in the sense that you diminish yourself. It's humility in, in sympathy, empathy, and compassion to try to see something from somebody else's point of view. So less of us, more of others, you know, so, so you can see that how, you know, so, sociologically, even in a, in a diplomacy where, where you're looking at saying, okay, what's actually best for the whole? I may have this fantastic idea and it doesn't mean there's not a time for it. It just might not be right now. Am I willing to let it rest, even though mm -hmm. I want to get it done so that the whole can benefit? And that's, that's hard. It takes humility. And uh, Absolutely. man, I mastered my humility about 10 years ago. So I'm good. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, it's really a difficult thing to master. And it's something we got to work on constantly. So um, Amy, tell us, you know, on your journey, as you've continued to move up and um, you have a very unique story and you can share some of how you forge your values over your story. I'd love to hear that, but what values are most important to you? When did you gain them and why are they <laughs> so important to you? You know, uh, I would say always understanding that family comes first that has been something that's ingrained in who I am and what I was raised with. Um, that was very important to my parents, very important. I have two brothers and, you know, we always were taught that we're going to be there for each other no matter what. And that's held true. Um, I feel that I could go to them at any point and, and talk with them and, and they're there for me. And so family always comes first. And I've tried to uh, ingrain that in my own family now I have two young children and I'm teaching them that, you know, they're, they are important to each other and we always have to be there for each other. And family comes first, even when you have a challenging career and you're trying to balance everything. And Lord knows with, <laughs> with COVID right now, this has been incredibly, incredibly challenging in balancing between life and work and trying to find something that, that works. Um, but being able to step back from work and say, no, I need to focus on my family right now. That's, that's really important. And I think HBK really values that uh, as an organization as well. Um, we have our HBK promise and part of that is respect for our, our people and their work-life balance, their ability to have their own personal lives. And so that in and of itself, uh, when I joined HBK, that was incredibly important to me because I knew at that time that I was joining, that I was going to have a family and I needed to have that balance. I needed to be with people that respected that. So that's really what drives me. Everything is for my family. Uh, I'm also passionate about what I do. I love being able to help clients. I love being able to help people. Um, I'm, I enjoy talking through problems and you know I focus on taxes so I love taxes <laughs> and uh, 
I, not a lot of people can say that, <laughs> but I, I truly enjoy doing the research and uh, figuring out a way that we can help our clients get the best situation possible. So that's that kind of is what drives me. We'll stop right here for this episode. Come back next week to hear the second half of Michael's interview with Amy Dallin. Be sure to take immediate action on the ideas that compelled you from today's podcast. For information about the courses, resources, and services available from HBK High Performance, visit hbkln.com.